What is going on, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer and Tim Hyde with this week's Notre Dame football show on our YouTube channel. And pot like a champion for folks listening to this via podcast. Really appreciate uh, everyone tuning in. Please hit that thumbs up on the video in this video if you're watching live or watching back. And uh, if you haven't done so yet on podcast, please leave us a glowing review. Only if you like the video or, or excuse me, the podcast, or even if you don't, that we would appreciate that as well. Tim Hyde. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm laughing because you're mentioning, you know, leave a review. I've actually went back a few months ago and read a couple of the ones on Apple. Got got a lot of great reviews. Unbelievable. And then there's one guy left a one star saying, I hate both these guys. And I was like, that's the best. It's like when you get one of those, it means you're doing something right. So uh, I'm looking forward to the show and just looking forward to keep talking Notre Dame football and what in the heck's going on this spring and trying to get any news we can. So I don't, I don't think since our last show, maybe there was one availability. Maybe they had one uh, other for the media, but we've covered that in other videos, you know, the, the spring practice updates. Um, so go watch those. Todd uh, Burlidge and Tyler are going to do a phenomenal job with that. Um, there was a new commitment earlier today, Anthony Knapp, an offensive lineman from Georgia. Um, Tim and I did a, a video, so you can watch that one as well. We're not going to really dive into that news. We're going to be talking a lot of Notre Dame recruiting this past weekend, this upcoming weekend, big time visitors on campus and talking about reviews, Tim, you know, those segments on, you know, those late night talk shows where it's like the celebrities read mean tweets. I've always loved that. So I went back just two weeks, two weeks in our YouTube comments and got plenty of uh, good, good comments, you know, positive ones negative ones that crack me up as well as like good thoughts about Notre Dame football and recruiting um, that we're going to talk about. So really a lot to dive in with today's show. So really I'm looking forward to it. Um, Let us know where you're watching from. It's always good to see the Notre Dame uh, national fan base um, where you guys are all uh, tuning in um, from. So yeah, please do let us know in the comments, hit that thumbs up. Of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have not done so yet, I Tim, let's just really dive into this past weekend with the recruits on campus and kind of the, the format for this is I'm going to talk about the recruitment real quick, where things stand. And then Tim will dive um, into kind of his reaction to, you know, the, the player and the recruitment um, as Tim does so well. I will add real quick before we go into it. This has all been covered at blueandgold.com earlier in the week. So if you want, you know, I feel like our YouTube, you guys get a little bit of the crumbs and it's good stuff. Dogs love crumbs. I mean, crumbs are great. But if you want the full meal, I mean, you got to be a member at our blueandgold.com website. So I will add that note. But of course, we're going to give you some really good stuff on our YouTube channel. Five-star defense alignment, Justin Scott. The latest here, Tim, is that Notre Dame sources are feeling really good. And I talked about this in a video with Darren Pritchett earlier this week on our YouTube channel. Look, even though it's looking good for Notre Dame right now, it's it, it, recruiting is still a roller coaster. So I'm trying to temper folks expectations a little bit. I do think he's going to end up at Notre Dame, but we, we need to, you know, have the correct context with that. So with that being said, I mean, he talked to Blue and Gold's Kyle Kelly raved about his time at Notre Dame. Seemed to have a really good time on campus. And yeah, again, the fighting Irish look to be the number one school here, Tim, what are your thoughts? I'm going to stick with what I said Back in January, when he pushed his commitment back and you and I talked on one of our shows, I'm like, 
you know what? He was that close to committing to Notre Dame, which tells me he's comfortable. He's, he likes the coaches. He wants to go to Notre Dame. It's close by all those good things that, you know, that the Southern schools seem to get advantages on, right? When you get a Florida guy, oh, I'm going to stay local. And I said back in January, Notre Dame's going to get him for all those things. I, I truly believe that in the end. I love what he did. I've said this before. I love that he took a pause, took a deep breath, and was just like, I like Notre Dame. I'm comfortable with Notre Dame, but I'm going to relax for a few months and just see a few things to confirm confirm those things. And obviously, he had a great visit last weekend. We know he's going to be back again, so yeah. that's going to be a big thing. And I, I truly believe he's going to be Notre Dame when it's all said and done. Yep, looking like he will be back on campus for the spring game. Um, Jaden Riddell, um, from Raymore, Missouri, peculiar high school on three zone rankings have him as the number one tight end in the country. This was his first visit on campus and, uh, sources tell blue and gold that he is likely to take it like Notre Dame secured an official visit spot most likely. So, you know, for a player who's not looking to commit this spring, he wants to take it, you know, at least into the summer. That, that's a pretty good update to share. So, um, Notre Dame has a tight end commitment from Jack Larson. Looks like they're going to take two in the 2024 cycle after taking just one last year. And Cooper Flanagan, I mean, this would be a pretty good get, Tim. 6'4", 225-pound tight end. Yeah, first off, Mike, is that on three ranking correct? Because he's the highest-ranked guy in those services, and Notre Dame possibly could get him. Is that correct? That he's the number one tight end per on three? Yeah, no, I'm just saying that since all the fans tend to think on three ranks, Notre Dame guys is three stars. Well, I mean. I'm having a little fun with that, That's Mike. a different discussion for a different day, Tim. Exactly. No, uh, he's he's a – you know what? He's an interesting prospect because he's coming in as a tight end, yet has he ever blocked? So is he going to be one of those hip players, those motion guys, those slots, those – a true H-back, almost like – you hate to say it, Mike, Brock Bowers – is he yeah. going to be one of those type of guys, you know, where they move, you know, they did that with mayor obviously last year, but um, it's coming in as a tight end. But when you watch him, especially I've been watching his uh, seven on seven film with CJ Carr. Holy moly. He is, he's a mismatch out there. He's a, he, he's a stud. He is going to, I bet you five bucks. He's going to end up being a five-star when it's all said and done. His film is first off his junior films outstanding. And now you throw it with what he's doing in the camp circuit. He's dominating out there. He is a man amongst boys playing out there against other elite blue chip corners and a lot of this film that I've been watching. So he is, man, what a get he would be for this offense. Yep. Quick super chat from Andrew says, awesome news on Scott. Do you expect CJ Carr and Cam Williams for the spring game? Really appreciate the five. The expectation is, is yes. Um, Cam, I don't think is visiting I mean, the month's about to end. He hasn't visited yet. I don't. He's not expected to visit this weekend. And then maybe Notre Dame has a little bit of visitors, you know, in the next couple of weeks. But after this weekend, it's really the spring game that Notre Dame will have their their big time prospects on campus for. Cam definitely Carr. I would assume so, which would be um, pretty huge news. So appreciate the uh, the five. Before we dive into um, some of these other visitors, we're going to. Uh, hear from our friends over at uh, Augie's Locker Room. Guys, I mean, if if you've been watching this on YouTube and every time we read this Augie's ad and you see this cool stuff, they always have new stuff. I mean, these signed helmets. Game-used Notre Dame football, full-size helmet, Justin Tuck signed. I mean, 
legends signing these helmets. I mean, this is definitely the place to be, Augie's Locker Room. If you are a passionate Notre Dame fan and you're looking for that fighting Irish piece to complete your rec room, please go over to augieslockerroom.com. They have a wide selection of Notre Dame Stadium pieces, jerseys, helmets, autographs, and one-of-a-kind Rockney items. You can find exclusive Joe Montana signed items and famous sculptor Jerry McKenna's miniature replicas of the bronze statues around the stadium. If Augie doesn't have it in his store, he will go find it for you. Visit augieslockerroom.com, or if you're in town, stop in at 1811 South Bend Avenue and see the vintage helmet display dating back to 1890. Again, augieslockerroom.com. You can give them a call. 574-277-NDND. All right, Tim, who do we have up next? Uh, Andrew Sprague. So, yeah, this is always interesting to talk a little offensive line recruiting, uh, especially with the news today, Notre Dame getting to their second commitment uh, on the O-line in the 2024 class. Peter Jones, definitely an interior guy. Anthony Knapp, I mean, again, we – went in depth on that in our video talking about this commitment, but plays left tackle moves like a tackle body type of a guard. So you would expect his long-term projection to be on the interior. So it seems like Notre Dame is going to take tackles from here on out. And Andrew Spriggs listed at six, eight, 270 pounds, Tim. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's one of my, I've been saying for a couple months now that, I mean, even when Harry was there, I remember asking you, when are they going to offer this guy? Cause I've always loved his film. I'm glad that he was the first guy they went out and offered immediately after coach, you know, he stand retired. He's a must get. I, I truly believe that his offers show that he's been out visiting a bunch of schools. He came out with a uh, top 10 Notre Dame needs offensive tackles. And if they have two spots left spray, I'm hoping spray gets one of those two because he is a true offensive tackles, height, his length, his film, the way he blocks the nastiness that he brings. Comes from a big-time high school out there in Rockhurst. Yeah, I've been reading about him on some of his uh, visits that he's been going on. And the good thing is, though, I love his uh, his quote. I think he did it with you or Kyle, whatever uh, interview that he did, where he he talks about Notre Dame and what it means. And and I hope that I hope that rings true when it's all said and done. I love it. And real quick, little tidbit is he was at Nebraska, correct? Jumped in a plane and went straight to South Bend, which I think shows his interest in Notre Dame where he left a visit and went straight to Notre Dame's visit. Yeah, it was interesting because I thought he was visiting this weekend and then, you know, sources tell me he's visiting last weekend or, you know, for the 25th. And I was like, is there a mistake here? Yeah. And uh, yeah. No, so was that there. was always, always good. Yeah. And then I saw him on Nebraska Friday and I was like, okay, this is a mistake. He's visiting next weekend. And then he, and then he tweets, Hey, I'm at Notre Dame. I was like, all right, there you go. So yeah, yes. Andrew Sprague, yes. uh, four-star recruits. Um, according to every rankings website. This is maybe my favorite player in the 2024 class. I mean, he's one of them for sure. John Mitchell, Jacksonville, Florida, Mandarin High School. Um, man, Tim, you know, on three, hasn't ranked as the number one, 60, 61 overall player, number eight cornerback. Um, I think Rivals needs to wake up on this kid. They rank him as a three-star, number 57 cornerback. So, hey, yeah, Tim, it's not just on three that ranks guys the lowest. It, you know, it, these things are, you know, they, they, yeah, they change. But, um, yeah, Penn State considered the leader per the RPM. I I like Penn State for Mitchell right now, but I, I, that's more of a gut feeling. Some sources close to Mitchell tell me that Notre Dame's in the lead. Irish sources I talked to are – feel good but a little wary of Penn State 
Yeah, Florida, a Jacksonville kid with seemingly Notre Dame and Penn State as its top two. Usually you'd think it's like Alabama or Florida State or Florida. Yeah. But no, I think Mitchell's is a different kid. I mean, his brother went to Harvard. Life after football is a big deal, but he really is enamored with Penn State. But Notre Dame very much in this thing. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the Fighting Irish staff would love to have him. What's, what's your thoughts on this, Tim? Yeah, I know you love him. I mean, you've, you've talked about him a bunch. You've had some great uh, you know, reviews with him, especially in your Lucky Charms and your articles. You're recruiting stuff that you do every yep. week where you've mentioned him a lot. Probably of all the DBs, probably more than any of them. And you watch his film, it's warranted. He's, he's, he's legit. He's a legit blue chip corner out of Florida. And that is just – that's something Notre Dame has not gotten in a long time. It really hasn't. If you look at – I'm talking corner straight corner out of Florida. It has been a long time since they've had a guy come from Florida who's a blue chip national recruit come to Notre Dame and start. It's been that it's been I looked it up. I want to say Tom Carter. And you're going back into the early days of Holtz in the early 90s who was a first round pick. So, they've had a lot of three stars. Obviously Riley was a, a four star, but he's transferring never panned out at Notre Dame, but uh Mitchell's film's outstanding and I hope your prediction with him or your 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 good feelings come true because he would be a heck of a third corner with with uh, Hobbs and Moore who they already have locked up. All right, Charlie Weiss's last belt loop says, "I hope we see Jaden score with a gold helmet and does a backflip." This the okay. kid is extremely talented and athletic. Jaden Riddell, okay, yeah, he's talking about Riddell who's done some backflips on Twitter. I've seen he's got a handful of them on Twitter. So, all right, knock on wood because you never know. In my line of work, but I should be seeing car throw touchdowns to Jane Riddell this week um, at that seven on seven tournament. Um, so again, knock on wood. You never know. I'm going. I hope they, you know, they, they should end up, but I've been expecting people to be at places and they don't, you know, so but yeah, Jane Riddell said he's visiting Tennessee this weekend and the tournament's in Knoxville. So I'm, I'm guessing oh, there you go. That, that that'll be there. So I'm looking forward um to that appreciate the the uh, 499 there okay uh moving along logan thomas i've been writing about him a good bit too tim as a guy who you know i feel like not enough people are talking about whether that's other reporters or fans like um yeah notre dame's very involved here and uh heck and and lucky charms tonight i I think I, i led with him as yeah, there he is. There, there's the article. Scoop on nice. Four Star Edge, Logan Thomas, Notre Dame visit. So, again, go to the website. Today is actually the last day of our deal where it's uh, four months for 10 bucks. So, I mean, I mean, really, it's the it's the deal of the year. I mean, that gets you through the end of July. So, I mean, yeah, you get all the recruiting coverage, all the spring ball coverage. So, please do head over to blueandgold.com and, and let me know if you signed up in the YouTube comments. Tweet me, email me, whatever. Yeah, Tim, visit went really well. I'll leave it at that. I'll tell everyone else to go read the article. Um, but Tim, do you like him on film? Yes, really good film. Katie, you know, that whole region, that whole greater Houston region where he's from is big time, big time high school football down there. And um, you just look at the four finalists, Mike. I mean, you've got two teams, but you're going to have three SEC finalists. But yeah, no, yeah, exactly. The RPM top four. And Texas Tech, people realize that coach is relentless when it comes to recruiting. Texas Tech, those guys work hard as a coaching staff. So, you're basically in the pit with three SEC schools trying to get a guy out of the greater Houston area. And like him on film, he's definitely a viper. He's long, lean, and gets after it. So really good football player. And I like 
the fact you can talk about this, you know, which I think you've already done online, but he was there for what basically three days. It was almost yeah. an official, unofficial. Yeah. You know, got to meet and hang out and do all the type of stuff. So the fact that him and his family came out for a weekend to get the feel for Notre Dame, and now the key is for Coach Freeman and the recruiting staff to get him back for an official here in June. Yeah. For folks wondering about the RPM, maybe you're new, you're not too understanding. It's been around for, what, a year, year. or so. It's still kind of in its infancy stages. It, it, you know, it needs, it'll continue to evolve. That's just like an AI thing. But my understanding of it is it takes, there's three big components. Amount of visits you've taken to a school, your location and insider predictions. And I mean, honestly, when you think about it, that that's a pretty good way to judge rec- like recruiting. How location, 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 right? That's what they always say. That's a big part of it. Not always. I mean, Notre Dame obviously being an exception with that recruiting so nationally, but still it's a factor for a lot of recruitments. Insider predictions is a big thing because recruiting is an unpredictable thing a lot of times. And you need, you know, that intel to, you know, predict the unpredictable. Um, and then, yeah, follow the visits. You know, that's my mantra. So just kind of a quick note there if you are wondering. All right, I changed my mind. I think Caleb Beasley might be my favorite player in the class. I don't know, Tim. I, I, I Caleb Beasley's a freak show. I'm, as I'm looking at these rankings, just look at the cornerback rankings. On three, as in 14, 24-7-10, ESPN 16, rivals 29. Right. And that industry ranking ends up being the thir- number 13 corner. If he's the, number, if he's the 13th best corner, man, those, that top 12 must be freaking outstanding because – I've seen Beasley twice in person. He was Irish Invasion last year, and then Lipscomb Academy came down to Milton um, in Atlanta and and beat him comfortably. Beasley looked fantastic on the day and was covering DeBron Gatling, um, a four-star receiver, I believe, in the 24 class. Um, Beasley was outstanding. So committed to Tennessee, visiting this weekend. Huge visit for the Irish, Tim. Oh, yes, without a doubt. Huge. And... I'm going to even say, you know, the same thing that you're trying to say is the cornerback, how the, his film is freakish. He literally looks like Kyle Hamilton on film. He does. He's that athletic, especially with the ball in his hand, the playmaking ability that he has. I am blown away. He's one of those guys like, how is he not a nationally top 50, top five corner? Because he, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. He, his film is freakish. He's a legit five-star candidate type of football player. And I hope after this summer, the camps, all that stuff, his he he blows up even more. So whether he's Notre Dame, Tennessee, wherever he is, he's a heck of a football player. But this is that you know the recruiting staff, right? I mean, he came to Notre Dame. He blew it up last summer, and they haven't stopped. They have not stopped. They've gone with – I think they even sent their whole staff out there, kind of like they did with Justin Scott – where they send them all out, right? Or at least three, three, coaches. three, yeah, three coaches out to go see him one day, which was awesome. So they want him bad, and it shows. It, it just shows with the effort that, you know, for Coach Freeman, obviously Chad Bowden, the recruiting staff are just relentless with him, getting trying to get him here. Okay, so a lot of players on campus last weekend – we were just kind of talking about the headliners. Justin Scott, Jaden Riddell, Andrew Sprague, John Mitchell, Logan Thomas – and I think one more. Bees, I got ahead of myself. Beasley is this weekend. All those other guys were this past weekend. Beasley gets to campus, I think Friday, and then and stays through Saturday. 
Gotcha. Um, so Beasley is this weekend. So we're going to now talk about one, two, three, four, five more guys visiting this weekend. And then we're going to that uh, the, the YouTube comment part of the show, which I'm really excited about because we can solicit questions and people are on their best behavior asking a specific question because they know it may appear on the show. But when you just drop a YouTube comment, you're not even sure if I'm reading it. You know, you're not expecting it to be on the show. So, you know, it's I'm excited. And Andrew, it absolutely is a, is a deep cornerback class. And we'll just go ahead to um, another cornerback. This guy's ranked the number four corner in the country, considered an Ohio State lean. Um, but Aaron Scott out of Springfield, Ohio, Tim. Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame, you know, probably three schools that I, at least I know about are big contenders here. And I, I would peg the Buckeyes, the Buckeyes as the leader. But for the longest time, you know, I've heard that Notre Dame has a really good shot here. And I want to say Springfield is a Cincinnati suburb. Um, I, I'll have the crack staff look that up. I'm not too familiar. Um, but uh, let's see. I'm sorry. Our Ohioans are probably Ohioans. Ohioans, Ohioans, is that right? Dayton suburb. So yeah, Tim. Where um, Freeman's from? Freeman's Dayton, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. And Mickens as well. Mm-hmm. So they're at his school all the time, and every every opportunity they get, they're at Springfield Ohio High School. So yeah, this would be another big one, Tim. So you got the two corners committed in Leonard Moore, Carson Hobbs, both visiting this weekend, by the way. And then it looks like the top of the board is three guys we're talking about in, the, in today's show: Scott. Beasley and John Mitchell. Yeah, this one is, uh, it feels like the 1970s, huh? We had era battling Woody Hayes and Bo Schembechler was recruiting when you got Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame. He's, this would be an upset. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, if, if, if he came to Notre Dame, it'd be a massive upset. I mean, he's been locked to Ohio State as long as CJ Carr's been committed, it seems like, to Notre Dame. He's been an Ohio State guy for a long time. So, but, once again, these guys are relentless. They keep working. You know, is there an old family friend, right? Is there someone who knows someone who knows them? And you just keep working them. Maybe he's been quiet behind the scenes and all of a sudden he's on campus. But when he announced the visit, what, a month ago, that was, that, that was, that was like, whoa, he is showing up. So awesome. It's just, you know, hard work. This, I mean, this spring, these last couple of weeks, and even heading into the spring game, it's been a long time. It's it's probably been since Charlie Weiss's year since it's been this type of a spring high end elite football players coming to South Bend in uh, March and April. So it's great to see. So if two or th- two or three of YouTube comments, so if two yeah. or three of Beasley, Scott Mitchell want to come and he takes no more, right? I think they'd take all three. I would think they would take all three. And that's five corners. Yeah, because you, know, you, know, you got some long, you got some length here. You know, Leonard Moore is a lengthy guy. Um, Beasley can play anything. I think Mitchell, I don't care. I think, I uh, I know a lot of folks, a lot of Notre Dame fans follow recruiting are like, ah, take everyone, take 40 recruits and figure it out later. Like, take 18 offensive linemen and nine defensive linemen and, and four quarterbacks. I'm, I'm, you know, joking. But, like, like I, I usually push back on that, like, the numbers usually work themselves out because the coaching staff has a plan. You can't just recruit willy-nilly and, and do stupid stuff like not recruit any safeties. But in this instance, if you can get those five guys, yes, you do it. Because corners can move to safety. It's a lot harder to move a safety to a corner 
But, you know, coaches I talk to, yeah, you can move a corner to a safety. So, I mean, Ramon Henderson came as a corner safety. Thomas Harper, you know, got, these guys, like, defensive backs are a little bit more interchangeable, especially corners moving to safety. Let's go to another offensive lineman, Tim. Well, real quick. Yeah, well, real go quick ahead. On that, Mike, basically, and you got to remember, Notre Dame's playing five DBs all the time. So they're living in five DBs. You know, this whole, you know, the Rover talk was great when they had, obviously, Jeremiah was there. But, um, I mean, they're playing five DBs all the time. So if you go out and you can get five legitimate corners with more Beasley, these guys are long. They're they're living in dime. They're living in nickel all the time. The, the ability to get five, six DBs on the field, field is a piece of cake. That's why a linebacker recruiting, you could take two. And if you take a third, you know, he could possibly be a Viper. And that could be, you know, that's kind of been their – philosophy the last couple of years with the with some of these linebacker recruits so yeah you're right if they could get five elite dbs take them every every season because you're gonna play them all right quick side note i want to plug real quick uh we have a cool thing happening on our instagram page this weekend um one of the recruits one of the yeah, recruits visiting this weekend is going to do like a Instagram takeover where our Blue and Gold Instagram story, they're going to be posting stuff from the visit. So that's going to be really neat. So if you are not following us on Instagram, um, you can see it on the on the screen for YouTube audience. For folks watching on podcasts, just search in Blue and Gold Illustrated um, or, or Notre Dame football. And then if you do follow us watching this video, comment on this Anthony Knapp post and just say, hey, it came from YouTube, came here from YouTube. That would be really cool. Just so I know, like, hey, that people actually did this little call to action. Moving back uh, to our recruiting talk, Caleb, or excuse me, Kevin Haywood visiting Notre Dame this weekend. Uh, Tim, uh, another Pennsylvania guy Notre Dame has. Um, Peter Jones committed. The Irish beat out Penn State for him, and he has a bunch of family members that went to either went to Penn State or uh, Nittany Lions fans. I would assume there's some of those same connections with Kevin Haywood, considered a big lean. Um, you know, to the Nitty Lions, according to the RPM. I want to say in large part, yeah, multiple predictions went in for him, but that was last fall. So ages ago in recruiting terms, yeah, I mean, 6'7", 295, Tim. I mean, I would assume that you'd be pretty fired up about this one. Yeah, it is still his film. You know, for those who haven't seen him, just go into Google and type in Kevin Haywood huddle and you're going to love his film. He He's another one of those, ta- he's a tackle prospect. They have to find two, two out of this core of these bodies that have been visiting. They are getting them on campus. They are obviously recruiting them a ton. You broke, you know, you broke pretty much the news of my favorite recruits going to be coming for the spring game. So, which, which is big news, you know, uh, the, the young man out of Boston, but Haywood is a stud. Um, uh, and obviously, Coach Rudolph being a Pennsylvania guy, he's going to recruit the heck out of him. He's been a Penn – same thing with Scott with Ohio State. Haywood's been a Penn State lane for six, seven, eight months, however long you know Notre Dame's been recruiting him. It's always been Penn State, Penn State. Notre Dame's an afterburner. But the offensive tackle tradition at Notre Dame, yeah, yeah, he has to take a look at it, especially now with Coach Rudolph there. I might piss some people off with this statement, but I'm going to say it anyways. When you think about these Pennsylvania kids – you're battling Penn State. When you think about the Ohio kids, you're battling Ohio State. Notre Dame's version of that, sure, in Indianapolis, well, you know, but it, it's got to be a lot in Chicago. The thing is, I don't think Chicago is where I might piss people off. Chicago football, to me, is not – it's definitely not as good as Ohio. 
Pennsylvania, I would probably say, is a little above Chicago. I don't know if you agree with me there, Tim. But Notre Dame, like, it should be like if Notre if some schools are recruiting a kid in Chicago, it's Notre Dame's to lose. That's what it should be. Like it is for these Pennsylvania kids and Penn State, and it is for Ohio kids and Ohio State, and it is for the SEC for all of the kids in the South, basically. That's what Notre Dame, it should be in Chicago. It hasn't been in recent years. And part of that's because maybe Notre Dame doesn't want some of those guys. Maybe they, you know, the staff doesn't think that some of these Chicago players are, you know, these Notre Dame caliber guys. It does seem like for 24 and 25 classes, that's not the case. The dream is very busy in Chicago land. Um, that's kind of a side note. Do you have any thoughts on that, Tim, or you want to move on? No, no, it's, it's a great point. I mean, Chicago is kind of their base. It's down the road. You know, the, you get a Justin Scott, you get some of the, you know, especially what in 25, didn't they offer, you know, what, five, five, Four, six, five kids? on pot of gold. Yeah, you know, right on pot of gold. Yep. Yeah. I know. I saw someone right there. Mike Goolsby is a great, uh, great football player out of the Catholic league in Chicago. So. Yep. Yeah, I mean Notre Dame is is, is legend. Chris Zorch, who's been on our show multiple times, a legend out of Chicago. So yeah, you you get a big time recruit in Chicago, it should be Notre Dame's. Yet Notre Dame has an unbelievable history, legendary history with Pennsylvania guys. So they've always had really good success in Pennsylvania, and the fact that they're getting some of these guys are visiting is is big. The key to Notre Dame, and we could you know this is a side topic, is just the DC. Trying to know, and Freeman is recruiting DC harder than any coach in ages, and and it's just slowly working. When we say DC, that the DC Catholic League is huge. Yeah, more to DC, it's a huge the circle. DMV. Yeah, and they are working. Freeman it's, and staff is working hard. The DMV is interesting, Tim, because it's kind of yeah, it's a hybrid between like SEC country in terms of recruiting SEC country and Big Ten country, like. Yep. All of your heavy hitters in the Big Ten are going down there. SEC schools are rating it too. Um, See, so yeah, it's a little tough for another name. Like you don't see all oh, the SEC schools right. like just getting like beating out all the Big Ten schools for Midwest kids. Um, So it's kind of like you know the the Midwest schools try to fence the Midwest. The SEC schools trying to fence off the S, you know the SEC country, and then there's the DMV kind of right in between. So no, it's 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 a battle. I mean, Notre Dame obviously we got some guys on the team and recruiting guys. It, it's a battle. That's a it's a great area, yeah. you know, for Notre Dame to just keep plugging away. Let's, let's talk about one of those kids right here, Tim. Oh, and we perfect. did an article at Bloom Gold. Um, our Mike versus Kelly, uh, loved it. Or Mike versus Kyle Kelly. Um, you know, talking about who, which is the recruit that Notre Dame is to take the biggest move with this weekend. Uh, I took Caleb Beasley because he's again probably my favorite recruit in this class. And uh, Kyle took Darian Mayo, the pass rusher, out of good counsel. Um, again, one of those DMV schools. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, he's uh, the rankings are very all over the place on this one. 24 7 is a three star, number 37 player disposition on three as his top 100 recruit. So, yeah, he's pretty big time, Tim. I mean, you, you really can't go wrong with either of those choices, in my opinion, but got to get after the quarterback. And yeah. uh, Darian Mayo does it pretty well. Yeah, his you know his film's great, and what I like is when players have obviously another Division One prospect, and he's got Aaron Childs, correct? Who's uh, Notre Dame? He's going to be coming up to Notre Dame as well pretty soon. I went and watched Childs's film, and you watch Mayo. You know, obviously a highlight film is that guy's making plays, but you see Mayo all the time 
busting his butt on someone else's highlight film. And that was really impressive to see. Love this kid. Long, long as could be. And he would, man, just everything, you know, he's kind of like Jason Moore last year, you know, just yeah. trying to get your foot in the door again in that whole area and get some, one of those elite D linemen, like Ohio state just got uh, pegged to get one of the five stars in that region. I, I was reading just a couple of days ago. So it's, just like you're talking about all the Midwest guys, the powers go down into that region. So big get, big visit for Notre Dame. So now he goes back home and he tells his, you know, his, his buddy Childs all about it. And who knows if they could get a steal there. Yeah. What a high school team. Yeah. I mean, I, good counsel. I, I've been there once or twice. Um, you know, seen multiple Notre Dame targets over the year. Uh, Mitchell Melton, Landon Tang walls back 20, 2021 cycles. And, yeah. Um, yeah, hope to go back. It's definitely a loaded, loaded area. Um, yeah, I was just in DC last year. Jason Moore, I saw. Um, who else did I see on that trip? Devin Houston. I think it was just those two. Um, that those two trips I did. I think Al Washington and Marcus Freeman did that trip like three times last year. Uh, okay, last but certainly not least, Jared and Jacob Smith visiting this weekend. The twin brothers. They uh, transferred this off season from a. Um, a, a boarding school, I'm guessing, to another one. This is Cheshire Academy. Um, yeah, Jacob Smith, 6'4", 225-pound, uh, a consensus four-star. All the recruiting websites him as a four-star. Jared Smith, his twin brother, 6'2 255 pounds. Three of the four sites have him as a four-star. Um, thoughts on, on these two guys, Tim? I, I like Notre Dame for both of them, to be determined, but, yeah, I do I have the arch on top right now. This these two are like my two plan B guys. And I say that is I think there's some high end guys and Notre Dame has to sign five. And it sounds like these two guys are coming together. So if you take these two, there's two spots sucked up. It, it's kind of what it is. And does Notre Dame, you know, does Notre uh, God, you hate to use the term slow play in a way, but it's like, you know, can they get a mail? Can they get a rushing who's already going to do, you know, can they lock up Justin Scott? You start, you know, then you get Lindsay down in Arkansas and you all these other guys that they've offered as well in the last. But here, here's, let me, let me interrupt you, Tim. These guys tell me they're not committed until their birthday in August. Yes. And that's what, and that's what I've heard as well, which, which I think is good news. So I, I, the Jacob, the Jacob one, the, the higher ranked one, he could play linebacker. His film is very athletic. He's a he can play Mike Viper. Yeah, he's gonna be a Mike Goolsby size linebacker. Yeah, yeah, no, but just the way he moves and uh, really talent. I just watched him, just rewatched him the other day because you know just all these line guys. I just want to get another feel. I think someone asked about him on the message board and uh, really liked him. Where his brother, he he reminded me of you know of Adamiola inside. I think he could be you know Adamiola is not the biggest D tackle. And I think he could be one of those three tech, even a nose guard type guy, uh, and be really solid. So, but can Notre Dame solidify five, six guys without them? Uh, my personal opinion, I hope they do, because I think there's some outstanding football players ahead of them, at least when I watch film. All right, Sam, I'm going to let you take a, a quick breather, grab a sip of water as we uh, hear from our, our next sponsor um, for today's video. And of course, um, it is Rogue Shop, the husband and wife outfit. Mr. Rogue and his wife, Shaw, are craft cannabis farmers who specialize in small batch, sustainable plant medicine, 
and it's a true holistic type of small business. They farm and grow everything themselves and do everything by hand. Head to rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E shop.com. They sell everything, folks. CBD, THC, tincture, smokables, bath salts, pain creams, topicals, vapes, candles, soaps, and more. Their website has a 24-7 chat function, excuse me, chat function where you can ask the owners of the store any questions you may have. Check it out, rogueshop.com if you have issues sleeping, chronic pain, and or anxiety stress. Use promo code BLUEANDGOLD for 10% off your order. Again, folks, blue and gold, no spaces, just one word there. Use that promo code for 10% off your order. All right, Tim, this is the part I've been looking forward to. I don't know if this is going to work, but we're going to see. So if you're just joining us, um, I I talked about earlier in the show, you you guys ever see the the little videos of mean tweets? Like someone goes on the Jimmy Kimmel show or Fallon or whatever, and they have these celebrities and they read tweets about them that are are mean. I kind of had the, I I saw that and I was like, man, I would love to just go through YouTube comments and people are not on their best behavior in the YouTube comments. If I said, hey, give me questions, tweet at me questions or post on the board questions, people are going to you know, be dressed up and buttoned up and going to ask us a very specific question. This is more a reaction for us to just comments that people don't think they, these people have no idea that we're reading these on the air. So that's what, that's what we're going to do. So it's fair game. If you ever want to post YouTube comments, just know that they may end up on the show. And this one was just, I, I just yeah, real quick before you get going, uh, there's a lot of guys in the chat that comment all the time. And I just want to say, because I know I, I I work hard to comment back and communicate. I love communicating with, with people. I love talking Notre Dame football. So I love everyone that watches. Like, Tim Hyde, you're an idiot. I hate you. Tim just goes, thank you for your comment. Or hey, thank you for watching the show. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, I was, hey, like I always said, I was a Marine, traveled the world. There's nothing better than America and freedom of speech and people having opinions. And that's what we do. We sit here, we chat, we have great opinions. And I, I love commenting. So people just always comment and just know we read them. And, and I have, especially myself, I, I love, I love debating with guys all the time. So it is a lot of fun. And thank it, you. It is fun. And I feel like I have a good balance of when people come at me, I'm like, hell yeah, I agree with you. I am an idiot, but also I'll be like, no, screw you. You know, I, this was one from just today. I saw it. Caroline. She looks like a fantastic, nice lady, says Singer mumbles too much for this medium. I mean, I, I she's probably right. But I will say, Caroline, yeah. I will say, outside, and this is, this is the great thing about YouTube, the subscriber count and view count is public. Like, our page view numbers and subscriber numbers are blue and gold, that's private info. But YouTube, it's all public. So you can do this yourself, anyone. Outside of the Notre Dame official YouTube channel, which, you know, has been around for a long time. And, you know, of course, you're going to subscribe to the official, the school ones got like 50,000 subscribers. Outside of that one, you tell me who has the, the biggest YouTube channel. So, hey, I'm, you know, I might mumble a little too much with me. I'm doing something right. That's all I'll say. She probably is on to something. She probably is on to something. Caroline, I hope you're doing well, though. Okay. Anthony says, 
Like to know from Mike why the Irish are doing better in recruiting the last couple years. Tim, I think the easy answer is Marcus Freeman. Is there anything that you think it goes, does it go beyond that? And then Anthony also says Singer's correct on deep dish pizza in Chicago. Um, That was a a topic of discussion from my Tuesday video with Darren Pritchett. I don't know if you watched that, Tim. Um, But uh, I I am a huge deep dish pizza fan. Chicago and Detroit. I mean, just, I, I want to eat both of them at the same time so I can, you know, just. You know, hey, Harrison, Chicago, but yeah, thoughts on, thoughts on these two? Yeah, on Chicago, my you know, my wife went to Notre Dame and her her, her closest friends from right down the street, Wrigley Field. So, um, God, I've been to a couple spots and literally the best pizza in America is it, it, it's unbelievable. And going back to why is recruiting someone posted today on the message board and it got me thinking about offers. Because And I went back all the way back to the Brian Kelly 2.0. I just happened to do this today, a slow slow little hour at work. And Notre Dame, under Marcus Freeman, is offering more guys. So if you're, you know, excuse me, I went back and did a top 250. I just did national top 250 offers. You have so much time on your hands. It, it was quick and easy. You just count. <laughs> you know, how hard is it to count? And I went back and Kelly had a couple years in the 80s. 90s, he had one year 70s of just offering 70 offers. Top 50. Freeman is up to you know 110, 116, 120. And then obviously, the more offers you get, the last couple of years is paid off. He's hit 12. They have signed 12 and 13 the last two years alone. They never even hit double digits with Kelly the last, I think one year they hit 10. So you can see the numbers. One year Kelly offered 90 and they only signed six. So you're only signing six kids in the two top 250. I use 250, basically the NFL draft. So I found that interesting. And Freeman's probably going to do it again in 25 when all these offers are all said and done. So I think it's just more offers, more volume. And they're taking a chance on a lot of these guys we talked about tonight, Mike. They're getting more guys in the top 100, top 200 to visit than, than they have in the last 10. You know, really since Charlie Weiss, to be honest. Yeah, I think part of it, Tim, is um, – oh, so I missed this super chat from earlier. Notre Dame signs a better offensive line or offensive D line – or D, excuse, offensive line or defensive line class. Yeah, maybe Caroline was onto something. What, what, what say you, Tim? I'd probably lean defensive line right now, but what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you have to say D line just because of the volume, you know, and if they could, if they could get – first off, D line, there is wide open playing time coming up. So, I, I mean, there is wide open playing time to get on the two deep here. So, some of these national elite guys, they got to see that, that they can get on the field right yeah. away and play. The key to O-line is you got to get Lambert out of Boston. I Lambert know, can play as a true freshman. Lambert's a dude. He's, Lambert can he, play as a true freshman. He is a bona fide dude. He's a guy that if Fisher comes back, maybe you put Lambert at uh, guard to get his feet wet for a year and then move him to tackle or whatever. He's a stud. But getting Lambert – could be a game changer on the offensive line. All right. Matthew says, Mike, you're losing points with me. I think that was on my Chicago comment about, you know, Chicago not being the greatest high school football area. And then he says, all right, you, you got me back with the points about the deep dish. All right. So, all right. Well, glad to hear. Glad to hear. Okay. We'll, we'll move along. Um, I, I don't know what order these are in either. I just picked these out like an Let's hour ago. David says, is Nap talking about Anthony Knapp, the commitment today, is he the next Joe Alts or the next Joe Odding? No, I don't really like the comparisons are interesting. I mean, 
he's definitely not Joe Walt. The size alone, like, unless the kid's going to grow three inches, he's, I mean, Joe Walt's just a mammoth of a human being. Nap's 6'4", Alt's like 6'14". You know, like, seriously. Um, David continues, maybe this time next year, George will be knocking down his door, but for now, he's the number 62 player in the state of Georgia. Um, yeah, I think Odding is a decent comparison to, to Nap. What do you think? Yeah, it's not bad. I I like Nap. I think he is athletic. He's got unbelievable quickness, you know, hand. I mean, he he is good. He I mean, he was first team all state for his region, which is one of the upper regions in the state of Florida as a junior. And you don't get that. And I mean, that state is loaded with football players. So he's a first team all state kid as a junior. And I know I, I'm pu- I'm puzzled that South Carolina didn't offer him or Vandy or someone didn't offer him and just be like, this guy come play center for us down the road or whatnot. I'm blown away by that because his film is not bad whatsoever. He is athletic. I, I put it this way. He's a three-star. I think he's better than the three stars they've signed the last few years. I think he's better than Ashton Craig. I believe he, I know he's faster and more athletic than Pat Coogan. I believe he's better than Joe Otting. Uh, he's really good football player. So, you know, we'll see what happens and getting a guy out of Georgia. They've only signed three, three since Lou Holtz. So I'm talking offensive linemen and it's not, it's not a place to go down in the South and get guys. So it's a big, it's a big get. I feel for coach Rudolph, cause this is his personal pick probably, you know, with all the guys that are out there. I need everyone to just drop. If you're, you know, in the live chat, just drop a W in the chat for Tim Hyde. Because I was very worried that we were not going to get through all of these comments because Tim's going to talk too long. Um, but we are going – so just drop a, drop a W in the chat. Thank you, Tim. You're doing fantastic. All right, we do have a long comment here, okay? But I saw this a couple days ago, and I was like, I think this would be a good read on the show. This is just a Notre Dame fan just totally spitballing, okay? I'm going to read this. I'd love to know how Angeli feels about the QB situation at Notre Dame. QB situation at Notre Dame. I heard praises about him <clears throat> from me, and how he could be the future at quarterback, but no playing time and transfers tell me otherwise. He has to be disappointed about Hartman coming in and how Notre Dame keeps telling Buckner, a one-trick pony, that he is the next man up. Tim, I'm going to go to you right after I'm done reading this. I hope you have something to say. Uh, bomb snot food. The commenter continues. I'm one of the biggest Notre Dame fans alive, but recently Notre Dame is where quarterbacks go to die. Christ, Keel, Clausen, even Demetrius Jones, Winbush, Fraser, Zaire, Jerkovich, Hendricks were all four stars. Didn't have much success on the field. Some had their moments, but sizzled out real quick. I just wish instead of taking in transfers, Notre Dame would sit down with someone who has the potential like Angeli and tell him that they are all in on him and will invest their time in helping him achieve success instead of having a win-now mentality where they take in the Jack Cones and the Sam Hartmans of the world. Okay, rant over. This sounds like something that we have talked about <laughs> a bunch this recently, with the focus being on Buckner, who this commenter is not a fan of Buckner, calls him one-trick pony, but he's saying focus on Jelly being the guy of the future. Tim, I think you can do both. I think you can. I think you can focus on winning now and also develop for the future, what well, say you with this comment? Yeah, first off, Jimmy Clausen, people, 2009 season was not a waste. So yeah, the team was bad. Charlie Weiss got fired because he was not a good head football coach, but I would not put him on that list. By the way, Demetrius Jones went to Cincinnati and played linebackers. So that tells you his quarterbacking skills. As far as a lot of the other ones, Notre Dame football. Notre Dame football quarterbacks, they transfer. 
it's a long history of it. So look at recruiting and it goes from there. One survives and the rest tend to leave. That's just the nature of quarterbacking. But um, so, so is this guy just saying Angeli? So, so it's going back to me and Mike Goolsby, right? So, so me and Mike are like, Hey, play, you know, play Buckner. Buckner gets hurt. Bam. And Jelly's the guy this year. That's what this guy wants. So. Just imagine some of these people that just like commented something and they don't ever expect anyone to ever see it. And then it's being read on the, on our YouTube show. That, that was, I got yeah, the heart. I mean, just, you know, quick 30 seconds. I promise you. Yeah. The Hartman thing we've debated a ton. Um, Jack Cohn, they had to have Jack Cohn. They had to have Jack Cohn. They had, they only had two quarterbacks with Buckner and uh, who was a true freshman and, and uh, geez Louise and Drew Pine. So they had to have Cohn. That that was mandatory. But now that the room is, it, 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 it has stabilized with Hartman. It's stabilized, and it's probably going to be in a good position here moving forward now. 25 seconds, Tim. Impressive. I love it. All right. Do you remember when, I want to say it was our show last Wednesday, that we were looking at the Sam Hartman footage, and Horka was on, and I was like, man, he looks like Pine. He's not that much bigger than Piney. He wears number 10. And I was like, yes. when Sam Hartman throws a pick, everyone's going to be, you know, throw him under the bus, right? Frame like, oh, it's Drew Pine 2.0. I said that's something to the effect. So this is the in Brian J. Irish's comments in, in, you know, reference to that. He says, Singer, quote, Hartman first INT and Notre Dame fans are going to compare Hartman to Pine, end quote. He says, bro, you're the one who vouched for Pine to be starting as Notre Dame's quarterback last year, you would argue with Goolsby for hours about how pose and good Pine was slash is. Now you try to jump off that ship quietly, huh? Just admit it. You were wrong about Pine. No need to take a shot at Irish fans with that lame comment, especially anything related to Pine. Own up to it and move on. Um, I don't – I vouched for Pine to be the starting quarterback after Buckner got hurt. I mean yes. – before the season, I was like, you have to start Buckner. I mean, yeah, if Buckner's like – I think the bowl game maybe was debatable to start Pine because he had been starting the whole season, and then, you know, Buckner comes back at the very end. But it's also a bowl game that's against South Carolina, the Gator Bowl. Like, go ahead and try out the the, the Buckner experiment for that one. Because, um, yeah, if Pine starts, he's – like, if they were going to start Pine, he wouldn't have transferred. But, okay. So, yeah, I mean, I don't – the, the whole buck, the, you know, the, the argument with Goolsby was just, I thought he, there was a context. Like when Drew Pine's starting for Notre Dame, there's the context of he's a little guy. He doesn't have a big arm. Like, I, why I don't, I just don't get crapping on him when you, you should know what to expect. He's just going to, you know, do some good things, complete some throw, like have a high completion percentage. If you think, all right. Buckner's down. We got Drew Pine. All right, here comes Trevor Lawrence. Then, yeah, you're going to be upset, but I think there's a – you should have – like, you should have known what you're getting with Drew Pine. Pine performed about how I expected, which I was like, yeah, I mean, he's he's fine. He's not a great quarterback. I, I thought he was a good quarterback most of the time. So that's about it. Uh, so that's what I'm owning up to. Yeah, you know, the Pine – I mean, people act like Pine had 12 touchdowns and 18 interceptions last year. He was, what, 22 touchdowns, six picks, had the fourth highest passing efficiency in the history of Notre Dame football. And he he had one his, – his game against Stanford was atrocious, you know, and the Navy a second half – A lot of players were atrocious against uh, Exactly. They Exactly. They were – a lot of – I mean, and even still, they're going down to win the Darren football game and estimate fumbles. 
So that's not a Drew Pine thing. And the Navy game was atrocious. I think a lot of that was the hangover of Clemson. They got a big on Navy and they played a bad second half. Over, I mean, but then you go Pine. I mean, what did Pine have against USC? What, 88% completion percentage? So, yeah, the really whole, whole, yeah, wasn't it that high? I mean, he, he had, so he went off in that game. He was slinging it all over the place. The hate for Pine is, is wild. Uh, me personally, I just think a lot of it has to do with Freeman's first year and some guy down in the bayou going down there and winning games. And I, I think I think it's a battle with fans. I really do. All right. With Freeman Kelly, Freeman Kelly going back and forth. 88.5%. Yes. I mean, goodness gracious. I, touchdowns, one pick. I didn't realize that. I mean, 22 oh, touchdowns to six picks. Yeah, I know. That. That's I mean, yeah, the thing is that's that's low. You know, 184 yards per game is low. And um, and, and let's go back and just really, you know, just uh, I love how we're talking Drew Pine here. But it's like they had the wide receiver room. Do people forget what Notre Dame had last year? Seriously, do people forget what they had last year? They had one guy returning who played the same position he did in 2021 on the O-line, Joel. Everyone else was on a new position or up front. They're starting, you know, they're basically the number two tight end, Bauman's gone. Then Raritan, who's the next incoming, is gone. Then it's basically Michael Mayer all season. Their wide receiver room was decimated. The key which has gone untalked about forever, is Avery Davis. Losing Avery Davis hurt Notre Dame so bad last year. And then you're basically playing a group of young receivers that have never really been the dudes. Now they've developed, and those guys are going to be really good football players this year. So it was a weird season, and Drew Pine was not some – he's not the worst quarterback in Notre Dame history. All right, a couple comments I want to get to in the live chat. Andrew says, you did say Pine was throwing the ball better last summer camp. Yeah, when I saw when – we I went to one fall practice um, or, you know, spring – or what was that fall, called fall camp? Yeah, in August. I, I was not impressed with Buckner. And it's like – I know there's glowing reports about Buckner right now, and it's like glowing reports, oh, super bad yeah. reports. I mean, the media gets – five periods and stretching <laughs> stretching and throwing the ball to GAs like I don't know maybe a little bit of routes on air I mean there's just really a whole lot to glean from that but I'm telling you I just I, I maybe I'm scarred from seeing Buckner at the Elite 11 in 2020 was that 2020 or 2021 that was 2020 was right. that summer that summer before COVID yeah yeah it was it was yeah, he had changed his throwing motion did something with mechanics and I still to this day, watching him throw the football now, it just looks different to me than when he was a junior in high school when he had that 81 – when he counted for 81 touchdowns in like 6,000 yards. Like it's just – it's been different for me. Pine is just a more consistent player. So if it's just in the pocket, I'll take Pine. But quarterbacks are not just in the pocket. Buckner gives you a much higher ceiling – with his athleticism. So that's that. And then uh Shamrocks and shenanigans says Tyler's already approving under Buckner, according to some. Can I remember what I said? Do you remember what I said? I said Hartman coming in, according to my sources, was gonna be the best thing ever for Buckner and Angeli. And you and Goolsby kind of rolled your eyes, being like, if you're not playing, you're not improving. (laughs) Well, let me just hold on. I'm I'm definitely gonna take a hardcore 30 seconds here. People need to relax on all this. Oh, man, Tyler Buckner's looking amazing in practice. They're throwing on air. 
They're throwing basically in T-shirt and shorts so far. They, they have practice today. Do people realize there was a spring football practice today and we have no idea what happened? Yeah. So there are things going on. The press go in there. They watch them touch their hamstrings and they throw routes on air. And occasionally, oh, today they sent out one one picture or one video of a of a fade bomb. Yeah. With no pass rush. No not what they want to put out. You know, like. So it's like, you know, let's calm down. Yeah. All right. Chris says you are earning some mean tweets. I appreciate that. Love Lee it. says, Mr. Singer, Notre Dame fans got sick of balls throwing into arms of D linemen. You want bat- passes batted down or picks? I'll take the passes batted down. You guys can take the picks. I'll take the passes batted down. The the, the maybe two a game. You guys can take the picks. Bat down. Pick six even. I mean, how many pick six is Buckner thrown? And again, I'm playing Buckner over Pine, but the outrage that, you know, yeah. Buckner is a a 10 and pines a four. It's just like on a scale of 10, it's like what? Okay. I'm going to continue Tim because we're going to lose audience. If we, we keep talking. Oh, how did this one get in there? Anthony says singer does a really good job. And it's realistic. I mean, I don't know how that one snuck in there. Three days ago. <laughs> Chase says Hartman will start. Minchie will start next season. Buckner will transfer and there will be an actual quarterback battle between Minchie and Carr. I thought I commented to this. I don't, maybe I, it didn't hit send but i think i, I want to say i responded and said uh can you tell me what the you know what what stocks i should invest in or yeah. um you know the what what's going to be the powerball number like i was like all right i mean chase if you can predict the future that that's there's no like this is what i think he's saying will 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 he said will four times in his comment well, here which was three sentences so chase i mean this dude's pretty confident. Chase is confident. He knows so what's happening. So who's the number two quarterback this year if Buckner's transferring? So that's we need to ask Chase who's going to be number two this year. <laughs> Angeli going back to Angeli, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, folks at Notre Dame really like Angeli. Don't sleep on him. Um, this was a comment here from Jacob. Uh, this was in. Uh, regards to our conversation about Chris Tyree last week. He says, hell no, he won't be passed. Talking about up on the depth chart. Tyree has been misused for years. He's going to be the mainstay of the offense this year. Put him in space and let him play. I'm just curious, like how many touches, like is Chris Tyree going to get per game? Because if he gets 10 touches per game, Tim, for me, that's a lot. Yes. If he gets five carries, five receptions, to me, that's, that's on the high end of touches for him. Cause you've got to think if he's touching the ball 10 times. Then you're going to look at why the hell isn't Logan Diggs and Alger Gestime not getting the ball. Then you're going to be pissed there. They're not getting the ball. You know, there's only so many plays you get. And I just, I don't think that he is going to be featured a ton this year. I, I just don't see it, Tim. Yeah. I've been hearing this Chris Tyree for, you know, since he's been here and now they're saying he's been misused. So that means that maybe, coach- maybe, but Audrey Gustave. Hey, I agree. I, I've been like, why should Chris Tyree be getting the ball more? That exactly. They're going to, that means they're taking away from other running backs. There's better running backs. That is the reason why he is the third running back. So people are just, I mean, once again, Notre Dame fans that we, love to talk about those guys that aren't being used to use some type of a boogeyman for someone. And Chris Tyree's been this guy, been so misused. They have given him the ball in jet sweeps. They've tried giving him the ball on screens. He's dropped screens. 
He dropped one this year. It was wide open for a touchdown. Drops the damn ball. They've given it to him on 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 a jet sweeps, toss plays. He can't read. That's my humble opinion. He can't read. He doesn't cut. He doesn't make people miss. We'll see what he does at slot. That's my. Uh, I'm not worried about Chris Tyree. There's better football players on this team that deserve the ball. Two quick things before we move on. Chris Tyree, love that kid. Love the family. So I'm just, I, but I have to be honest. Like, I think we've seen the Chris. I, I think we've seen Chris Tyree. This is his fourth year. I think what Chris Tyree is. I don't. I don't expect a jump. I just don't. I don't expect a jump. And then also, I got a text during the show. We're going to have a special show Tuesday night. It's Tim. You're going to need to tune in. Sure. Get your popcorn. Watch. I want you live in the YouTube comments. I'm working on the time, but it's a special one for me. This is going to be a special show for me. So I would assume somewhere 7, 8 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, Tuesday night. So the Angeli family, you guys are going to do like a host? I'm not it? saying who it is, but I will say no to that. It will not be I got you. I got you. No, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Okay. So this is uh, – Oh, here we go. We're right on, right on par. Cousin Luke. We all have a Cousin Luke. He says, hey, Tim, if you guys say Tyree hasn't lived up to the hype, and I don't think that's like a knock. I mean, Tyree just is who he, he just is. Who he is. He's a really good player. I think he's going to play in the NFL and do probably better statistically in the NFL than at Notre Dame. Just hasn't worked here, and that's more fan media hype. than That's not Tyree's fault. But anyways, um, if you guys say Tyree hasn't lived up to the hype, would you say the same for Fisher? Blake Fisher, starting right tackle. Both of those guys had huge hype. Same as Buckner. Says great show and points. Thank you, cousin Luke. What do you think, Tim? Yeah, he has uh, the hype. Um, yeah, I'm like kind of stumped because I feel like we talk about Tyree all the time. You know, he he's made some good football players. He has, but if he was this, you know, elite top 100 running back, he would have been. I mean, they. He would, he would have been out there more, right? They, what do you think about the Fisher point? What do you think? Well, let's, let's focus on the Fisher side of it. Do you think Fisher's lived up to the hype so far? He's played one season. I mean, I mean, I mean, Fisher, for, first off, he goes – I mean, let's just break him down. He goes to the first game against Florida State, lines up. I, I charted 28 times against the ACC Player of the Year, who was a first-round draft pick, and Johnson, the DN, who had zero, sack, zero, ta- zero assist against Blake Fisher. Then Fisher's out for months. He's never played right tackle in his life, goes to a bowl game, and pass sets, what, 70 times against the number one sack team in the country. Plays his butt off. So, yeah. And last year, I think I talked about Fisher. I think Fisher's season last year was a lot like Joe Alt's, where as he got going, Alt was awesome the last half of his freshman year. Fisher was really good the second half of last season. I think Fisher will have that Joe Alt sophomore year this year that's that's my opinion we got cousin luke in the youtube chat what's up um moving along this was the most ridiculous thing this this and this guy says he's a notre dame fan this is the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen so tom says notre dame is a top tier mac team (laughs) nothing more see this hey look at my comment i said bro what like I get, we, I mean, we get dumb YouTube comments all the time, but this one, I was like, what? Like this guy can't be a Notre Dame fan, right? Like this is just someone saying they're a Notre Dame, but, and then he says, let's see how they perform against the chips. And, yeah. and before we'll we started see. recording, Tim and I were like, the chips, Chippewas, Central Michigan. 
see how they perform against the Chippewas this year as a measuring stick. Okay, folks. Um, there you go, everyone. Uh, Central Michigan is the measuring stick for Notre Dame football. It's not, yeah, it's not Ohio State on September 23rd, right? Listen, Notre Dame did lose to Marshall, but they also blew the doors off Clemson. You know, like upsets happen. Yeah. You know, it was it was a bad upset coming off the Ohio you know, State. Notre Dame's had some pretty good success against the MAC. I mean. I mean, reverse. I mean, reverse it. If they open with Marshall, then go to Ohio State, they handle business. Marshall is the ultimate coach speak, whatever you want to say, hangover game of all time. It is. It's that old saying: don't let a team beat you twice. Ohio State beat Notre Dame twice, and that was Marshall. Okay. All right, moving along. I didn't understand this one. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Uh, David Solomon says Singer didn't look like he. Wished he was doing something else tonight. So I guess at during some shows, I look like I was doing, I, I wish I was wanting to do something else. <laughs> hey, sometimes Wednesday nights, right? Especially when it's but like, Tim, I feel like I, mean, I don't think we started spring yet. And we're just like, let's go. You know, we, we're dying for some football. Is what two we're dying. weeks ago. What was our show right? about two weeks ago? I don't remember. Getting ready for spring possibly, right? Yeah, I know we did your top storylines, probably talk some recruiting. But I mean, I, I my response was thanks, LOL. I was like, I don't know what this guy's talking about. But hey, I, I don't know. I thought it was funny. Drew Music. I, I just like this one, right? If I'm gonna get, you know, some crap, I wanna I wanna accept the praise as well. Drew Music says, random thought, but Mike, you keep getting better, my guy. I used to watch another ND YouTuber, but I switched to you being my primary source of the last couple of years and watching you suddenly improve at just about every part of your job has been awesome. This is where, you know, I think about Lou Smoji every single day. And I, this day that Drew posted this, this is the point of my day where I thought about Lou. He says, I know if Lou were here, he would agree with that. I can say with confidence you are building the most approachable and well-known or well-ran Notre Dame YouTube um, uh, Notre Dame YouTube channel. David says it's kind of that uh, that preoccupied look. David's in the chat. What's up, David? Um, that was a funny. Preoccupied. I don't know. I get texts. I mean, you guys understand my job. Like, I get a lot of texts, right? I mean, I got to know what's going on so I can, if news breaks during the show, I got to delegate it out. So, yeah, sometimes, you know, I do have to. But, yeah, um, guys, I'm telling you, I, I've said this so many times on our show. Like, I wish that Lou Samoji were still here with us. I, I mean, the guy, I learned so much for just working with two years. Um, and Lou was never the guy who was going to, like, try to teach you something like he he would just be like he would just work and you would just learn from him there's so much on reporting how to conduct yourself um how to write that i just learned from just observing lou um tim i mean you uh, you're a huge loot smoji guy you're one of the biggest loot smoji guys there is yeah i mean i grew up I grew up reading him. I mean, I, I mean, I read blue and gold illustrated at bookstores, you know, little corner bookstores, you go to the newspaper stands. I grew up going to those things and, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't get blue and gold. So I used to go down there, skateboard on down and just read it. Cause uh, you know, where I lived down there in the South Bay and in, in, uh, Southern California, blue and gold was always at the newsstands. And really? Out, yes. Take it out and read it. It was always blue and gold was in every you know, Barnes and Noble with the old Walden books, borders, always in the newspaper stands. There would always be two or three blue and gold illustrated copies. And I used to just read them all the time. And then 
when I joined the Marines, my present from my mom was my first subscription. And I've, I've got them all, Mike, ever since I've been in the Marines. It's funny. I was just going through some the other day. Great cover. I got to send Goolsby. I don't, I don't even know if he even remembers this one. Um, it was North, Northwestern game. Great picture of him. But I go back and read some old stuff every now and then and pull out some old uh, loose emoji articles. Just, God, man, he talked about everything under the sun. It was just, it was always history. And that's why I'm a big history guy with Notre Dame with, you know, the the formula for success with the head coaches. Freeman's trying to break the curse. He is. There's a giant curse. Yeah. And there's just so much that he has talked about over the years. And, uh, oh, I wish he was here. I would love, are you kidding me? I've, I could sit and do shows of loose emotion. Oh you know? my gosh. Awesome. So our YouTube channel took off that Clemson game in 2020. I remember that night we had 500 live viewers and that was insane. Um, we had done some shows before that earlier in the season, but they were choppy. We were using this, you know, you get what you pay for stream service and it was terrible. And, uh, you know, the Clemson ones took off that. I know that's where you found us. Lou passed, I think four or five, I think five months afterwards. And, yeah. you know, we started doing these, all these live shows with Lou and just had so much fun. I mean, Lou was just such a wealth of knowledge and a lot of people, when they talk for a long time, you're just like, please shut up. Like, I don't want to hear six minutes straight about, but from Lou, yeah, Lou, six minutes is not long enough. Please keep talking. Okay. Speaking of talking a lot, speaking Hold of on. talking a lot, Last one, the singer takes far too long to get to the point. I, yeah. I, I, I thanks. <laughs> uh, Tim, go ahead. No, I was going to say there is a, uh, uh, when the, the Notre Dame Alabama game, there is an awesome hour, which I have saved in my YouTube thing of, uh, uh, of Samoji, just talking for an hour with you. You're sitting back there like, is this guy going to talk all day? And he did talking about, but just the Alabama, the history all the great, great games. And uh, yeah, fifth quarter with Lou. That's, that's first thing I read, even to this day. Yeah. I go, go read it. Cause you guys put great articles back there and uh, I read it, but uh, your, your video when Alabama Notre Dame was picked in 2020 is, is one of my favorites. <sighs> Love it. Yeah. Sometimes I'll, um, you know, be listening to something on my Mac in the music. And when, when one, recording or audio soundbite I have on my computer ends the next one plays and it'll just be like a random podcast that it with Lou and I'll just I'll just listen for a few minutes and uh the yeah. thing about him is timeless everything he says is timeless what he said 18 years ago still applies to today because yeah. it's just you know always had such great context yeah Lou uh was uh was the absolute best and and obviously still is but yeah Alton says a uh, singer takes far too long to get to the point so with you in mind, I will move along. Oh, I love it. Okay, so this one was about rankings. I don't. This was three weeks ago, so I don't remember exactly what we were talking about here. But maybe as I read, I'll remember. It says, "Hey, Mike, it's not about wanting it both ways. It's because the Notre Dame effect, where Notre Dame guys drop after they commit in the rankings. If they were a five star at the time, I'll go off of that, not where they finish up." And then I responded, "There's so many examples of players who commit to Notre Dame then get bumped up, oftentimes to a five star." I said, "You're just making stuff up." From the time at Rivals to the time at On3, like I'm telling you guys, I think we just are, are very sensitive to the drops, right? If a guy's committed to Notre Dame and he just dropped, we're like, what the hell? He's just getting dropped because he's committed to Notre Dame. But then there's a lot of times where the player moves up, and then what do we all say? Well, of course he should be moved up, right? And then there's some occasions where it's like Charles Jagasaw is a five-star. 
Some Notre Dame fans disagree and don't think he's a five star. Guys, that's that's kind of the whole point. It's subjective. So, I mean, you, you can't have it both ways, which I guess is probably what exactly what I said, because Joe is now saying in, in the comment, you can't have it. It's not about winning both ways. Dude, I, there's no Notre Dame effect. I'm tell, When I worked at Rivals, there was a player who was committed to Notre Dame, and he kept dropping, and I'm talking to the Rivals guys, and I'm like, why? And they're like, honestly, Mike, we don't like him as a player. If he wasn't committed to Notre Dame, he'd be dropped as a three-star. That you know, this is years ago. I feel comfortable saying that now. Um, so if anything, it can be a positive thing. The Notre Dame effect means you can stay a four star because you're committed to Notre Dame. So, yeah, there you go for the Notre Dame effect. I don't know. What do you think, Tim? Yeah, I think this was the CJ uh, Carr when he was ranked like 200. I think is that what came out? Maybe that thing, and um, it, it, it could be where some guys dropped and people were losing their mind. CJ Carr top 20 in every ranking system and on three as a 200. It's like, oh yeah. Again. At the same time, who had Brandon Hillman ranked the highest? Here's a guy that was going to go play one double a quarterback at Morgan state <laughs> commits to Notre Dame and on three has him ranked the highest out of all the services. So it's, it, man, I mean, you could sit and nitpick so many guys. So, you know, like Charles Jagasaw dropped. Yeah. From what? 10 to 15. Yeah. So it's like, it yeah, it, it's it's an interesting thing uh, with the uh, with the things, but yeah, Notre Dame. Some guys move up, some guys move down. It is what it is. It it, it, it all it, even It's out. subjective, okay. Yeah. And if the on three guys are not big as fans of CJ Carsey or other quarterbacks, should they rank them high just because to make right, us the- feel better? If that's what they think. You know, you can call them idiots and disagree with their opinions. I'm fine with that, but just the, oh, it's a Notre Dame effect. No. Last but not least, this was three weeks ago. MW, this is our last one. Save the best for last. MWJR says, this is the first time I've ever agreed with Singer. I uh, thought that was funny. Then this is talking about the, I think the Buckner... Yeah, you know, uh, play Buckner for the future or, or play Sam Hartman for, you know, your one-year rental. This is the focus has to be on 2023. Play the best now. There could be a major overhaul in the offensive line. I doubt Alt and Fisher return, to which I said, first time you've ever been right about something then, pal. And uh, Tim also said Mike is more right than people say. Thanks for watching. Oh, yeah. It's giving you a little bit of love. It's like, come on. Come on. You're not. Yeah, you're not talking on all these shows all the yeah, time. Yeah, people liked me because usually, I you know, my takes are not super favorable. But this time, it it, it was so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, you you can't you can't play for next year in mind. Well, five seconds when you get this guy, this MW Junior guy here, who's obviously a troll, coming out oh, making fun of Notre Dame football. It's like, dude, is he? You know, with, with all the smiley face and the laughing, oh. face, I'm assuming he is. But I'm just no, saying, no. He was just laughing. I made a funny comment. And he's laughing. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But whatever. But I was. My point is, we get so many people that just hate Notre Dame. Notre Dame stinks, and it's like, but you're on our show commenting. So thanks for watching. Yeah, thank you. It's like, thank you. So many people love to come and bounce on Notre Dame on these shows. It's a lot of fun. Who says that? Uh... Mike has to cut us off in an hour. Here's an hour and 15. Look at that. 75 minutes. Felt like three and a half.
yeah, it was a, that was a fun show. I think yeah. that went well. We'll we'll see how the comments go. Now people got to be uh, on alert in the comments because maybe every once in a while we'll do one of these segments. Um, so yeah, Tim, great show. So yeah, folks, Tuesday night. Tuesday. Mark your calendars. Tuesday night, we're gonna have a fun show. I'm really looking forward to it. Maybe you'll see a couple familiar faces on there. Some people are saying that it's gonna be Joe Alt's dad, who. <laughs> Maybe, maybe he has been. He was a probably when Alt had signed but hadn't enrolled yet because Alt wasn't early early. We did have him on our show and he was awesome. We've had some pretty awesome guests over the years. Rocco Spindler's dad was an awesome guest. Who will we have Tuesday oh, this night? Is gonna, this is gonna be fun. It will be fun. Tim Hyde will have his popcorn. Hope you guys are able to join us as well. Bloomagold.com. I mean, depending on when you're watching this, uh we have that four months for $10 deal. I think it ends midnight Eastern on March 29th. So if you're watching this back, listen back Thursday um, might be gone, but still we should have a good deal going. We always have something 29 99 until the start of the football season or something like that. So always uh, go to bloomandgold.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Of course, like this video, leave a nice comment review on podcast. And I guess I'm just doing what Alton said earlier. I'm taking too long to get to the point. So I'll just go ahead and uh, and sign off, Tim. Appreciate you, my friend. And for folks watching, as always, we'll catch you next time.